I'm Jamie. And I'm Beth. Welcome to Thief Steals the Podcast. Where I steal the podcast. And I steal it back. Okay, hello and welcome. Today we are talking about the ninth episode of the fourth season, The Cross My Heart Job. Beth, what did you think? Well, it wasn't about romance. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not at all about romance. No. But I did love it. Ooh. I, I love this energy for today. This episode... This episode Mm -hmm. was a banger. Mm -hmm. I thoroughly enjoyed Mm -hmm. every second of it. See, I was, I, when we first started watching, I'm like, I think this is an episode that Bethany's really going to like. It has more serious tone. Like Mm -hmm. for me, it's really reminiscent. It has a very similar vibe to like the boiler room job. Mm -hmm. Not the boiler room job, the three card Monty job. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was like, it's got a, (laughs) it's got a very similar vibe to the three card Monty job. I was like, I think Beth's going to really like it. And then you were like, I just like episodes based on the vibe. I'm like, oh, maybe she's not going to like it. This is a good vibe. Mm -hmm. This is such a good leverage. Like sometimes they have an episode where I'm like, oh, it just falls too far on the side of kind of like mm-hmm. over dramatized, mm-hmm. like corny sort yeah. of thing. And sometimes they have episodes where full like way on the other end of the spectrum. Where I'm like, oh, this is so serious. And like leverage in my little brain, in my like when I think of leverage, I think of like this lovely wonderful middle ground where it's like there are serious undertones because ultimately the plot lines are serious you Mm -hmm. know um it also has this wonderful levity and these Mm -hmm. fun moments and like this episode just walked that line it strutted that runway like it was so you're sitting here going yes queen But it was literally, it was so good. Like, and also I find that some episodes of Leverage, like we talk about like, oh, this was a Parker episode or this was mm-hmm. a Nate episode or like however, whatever. Some episodes I feel like certain members of the team really get kind of left out from mm-hmm. the plot. This one, I felt like everyone was on really equal footing. I feel like everyone got to showcase their abilities and what they were bringing to the con. And like, as much as this episode, I would classify as a Nate episode. Mm. It's. Like, everyone still has lots of things to do. Yeah. No one is sort of getting passed over because their skills aren't necessary. Everybody here is doing what they need to do. Should we maybe go through and, like, really shout out how, like, that sort of is in this episode? Because I also really love that. I think I want to start with Parker because I love that we get to see her doing the more physical, like she's doing petty theft, she's picking locks, she's Mm -hmm. doing a lot of those little things that, like, that is her job. And you sort of forget because she does a lot of the big overarching, like, heist things Mm -hmm. that, oh, no, she got her start as, like, a petty thief. Yeah. I've really loved the detail where, like, she went to get, like, um, pick the lock at the cabinet, Mm -hmm. realized that, like, she was going to have to pick it, but Mm -hmm. didn't have her lock picks. So went and lifted sunglasses to then break, to then use that. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, she is thinking so outside the box. Mm -hmm. Because, like, as a viewer, I kind of just watched that and went, oh, bugger, like, she doesn't have her picks, that's frustrating for Mm -hmm. Parker, whatever. Then she went and I was like, oh, okay, she's lifting, like, whatever, for disguises, I Mm -hmm. assumed. But then, like, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. Like the wires in them yeah, are going to exactly. be the right size to pick the lot, you know. And I was like, oh, okay. I kind of love that. That is her workaround. Mm-hmm. And even uh, when she and Elliot are picking the locks for the um, what the, are they lockers. the lockers, yeah, that's the one. She's like, oh yes, this will keep my stuff safe from a six-year-old. And the I was combination like, <laughs> lock, which we also get Parker and my favorite reoccurring character trait of hers this week, mm-hmm. which is teaching children about crime. Oh my god, yes, that she's like, we me- should get you a taser. Yeah, literally, that brought me so much joy. Her telling her that uh, I think it's Tanya, like, mm. to carry a mini taser everywhere she goes. I was like, that is beautiful, and I also kind of love that it's like. It wasn't the point of the scene. Like, it just happened. Mm. It was, like, happening in the bottom left corner. But, like... She's like, we're going to get you a taser. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I love this. And I also love that, like... Obviously, it's, like, an ongoing thing about, like, Parker and tasers and also Parker teaching children crime. But, Mm -hmm. like, in this instance, it's like, no, no, this child was just abducted. Mm -hmm. Not only is Parker, you know, doing something that's very in character, but she's also teaching this child how to take care of themselves and prevent this from happening again. Like, this is a very practical discussion she's having. And if you actually look at it, like, the child clearly feels safe with her. Yeah, Like, that's the other thing. She's not freaking this kid out more. Tiny is very clearly receptive to it. Like, they are on the same plane. Like, they both 
are, you know, they're both in this discussion. Yeah. And neither of them are like, like Tanya's not getting, like Tanya's not uncomfortable. No. Like, you know, Parker's not going overboard. Like Parker is actually very accurately (laughs) relating to this child. Parker's not like, and here's how you kill a man. (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) She's just like, hey, obviously you've just been in like such a scary situation. Mm -hmm. I'm going to give you some like, some insights into how you can prevent yourself ending up in this situation again. Mm-hmm. Because, like, obviously, like, you get kidnapped once, you know, that's going to be maybe an ongoing concern for you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so what can you do to make yourself feel safer? Mm-hmm. And so I really, really enjoyed that moment, even though it was so, like, they didn't draw attention to it, but I don't think they had to. Mm-hmm. I really liked that it was just slipped in there as, like, a fun little aside. But if you think about it, it's like, oh... But genuinely, though, yeah. that's some good advice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, while we're talking about Parker, I think the next hop, skip, and a jump is over to Elliot because we get the really lovely comparison of Parker just breezing through picking that combo lock. Mm-hmm. And then Elliot just goes, doof, and breaks it. Like, he just, like, slams his hand into it. He's broken it. And so he gets some really lovely moments this week of, like, he is the hitter. And, like, he's starting to learn to be more subtle about it. Like, even if you look at the way he... Um, incapacitates the kidnapper mm-hmm. he like he very subtly like beats him up while sophie is talking to the waiter do you know what my favorite moment for elliot was this episode though in terms of like oh he's like showing his competence was when that fucking dude he keeps crapping on about being a platinum flyer which that is so annoying <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're meant to hate that dude. We're not meant to feel any remorse for the fact that, like... Yeah, I was like, oh, God, you are, like, the worst kind of person. (laughs) Just saying a lot when we're covering leverage Mm -hmm. and there was a genuine person stealing a human heart in this episode. Mm -hmm. But when he goes to put his wallet back in his bag and he just goes to, like, toss it into, like, the open, Mm -hmm. you know, bag and Elliot puts the magazine under and just catches it, I was like, that was so smooth mm-hmm. and also makes me paranoid because that's exactly how I do stuff with my bags. I always have a handbag that's an open top because I can't be fucked with a zipper <laughs> and I just chuck shit in there and now I'm like, oh no, that's not very security friendly. No. <laughs> but I did love, I love seeing it because I was like, oh, that's really like, you know, and you can see the cogs whirring in his mind when he picks mm-hmm. up the magazine, like he's preempting you know, that this man is going to just callously throw his wallet down, you know. Not because he's a platinum flyer. He's Why a would platinum he flyer. think anybody would dare to... Oh, God. He like, thinks that he is so secure in mm-hmm. his little bubble of I'm the most important person in this airport lounge. I love, though, that we get to see this dude, like, three or four times through the episode. Mm. Like, he's the sort of character where you're like, oh, they're doing it for a bit so you don't feel bad that this dude's, like just had his wallet stolen. No, 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 no. You see him, like, at every point of the episode being a dickhead. Oh, my God. And it's what is so funny to me is he literally has, like, one line. And it's just, I'm a platinum flyer. Is this card gold? No. Is, is it, it silver? silver? No. no. It's platinum. <laughs> so fucking funny. Like, can you imagine, like, being at the airport and someone's like, I'm a platinum Qantas customer. Like, no one would take that seriously. Everyone would be like, okay, good for you, mate. Like, <laughs> what a flex, you know? <laughs> Literally, no one gets. But also, it's like, it's one thing to say it to the actual employees, like, mm-hmm. at the terminal, but he's just saying it to the general public. He's running through after me. evacuating the plane, being like, I'm coming I'm through, platinum fly. And it's like, no one gives a shit. <laughs> If that happened, if I was in an airport and something was happening and someone like pushed me out of the way and was like, I'm a platinum flyer, I would do my damnedest to be as inconvenient as possible. Like, I would, if I'm ahead of them at the fucking like security scanner you have to walk through, I'm quote unquote forgetting the pen I have in my pocket. Oh shit, I have to walk through again. Oh, my bad. Oh, I forgot my watch. Whoops, my bad. Oh, I forgot my necklace. Whoop, my bad. I am making him wait. Oh no, my keys were still in my pocket. I, oh my water bottle, that's got a metal a, a lid. Oh shit, oh, my bad. I am making that fucker wait. <laughs> Maybe I'm a petty bitch. But honestly, like, if you think. If you think you're too good, like, no one likes hanging out at the airport, man. But what is relevant to that is that what is incredibly convenient for this particular con is that... What's not even really a con? Like, renaissance? What am I saying? Um, Yeah, renaissance. Correct. What's the... No, what's the word? Um, 
where you're like trying to reconvene something. Is that the word? God. Retrieval. What? Retrieval. Thank you. I'm thinking like recon. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's like a, they're on a more of a retrieval mission this week. And mm. I did like the change up. But what is really convenient is that airports have weirdly good shopping. Mm-hmm. And like I get why to mm. an extent. But it's also such a bizarre concept to me. Yeah. You know? Like I get it. Like, you know, we've been on long layovers mm-hmm. before. But we just kind of napped. <laughs> like You we- napped. <laughs> I want to be clear here. You napped. <laughs> I tried to nap, but was fully incapable of sleeping on an airport floor. Well, <laughs> <laughs> we're not the same. <laughs> to be fair, though, the airport chairs are less comfortable than the floor. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> like, 100%. Look, if I'm alone in a terminal, what's to stop me? <laughs> but... But yeah, like the the shopping is like weirdly good. But mm-hmm. what I do want to know is how the fuck they got that computer into the fucking restaurant. I just love the fact that Hardison gets the line this oh week. What you've never seen a man travel with his desktop. I know it's so funny. It's so good, and it's like, yeah, that's a totally normal thing to occur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't look twice at someone walking around with this computer that looks like you stole it from 1985. <laughs> what? I love, though, that we do get, you know, Hardison this week is being so fucking competent. So, like, he does not have any of the things that he normally would have to be able to do this. Mm. And he is still hacking the transplant registry. He managed to con his way into the fucking tower. Okay, hear me motherfucking out about this. I always make fun of leverage for sneaking in ads into mm. their into their episodes. It used to be the car ads, and then they moved on to Microsoft and mm. Windows ads. And this episode, they have objectively the funniest one yet. I just can't believe they somehow managed to make Microsoft Flight Simulator relevant. <laughs> Microsoft Flight Simulator. Does that even exist? Is that a real program? Yeah. Why? They use it to train pilots. Really? Yeah. Could we get it? Is it part of the suite? (laughs) I think you have to pay extra for it. But, like, yeah, I'm pretty sure whether it's still available or not. That is so funny. There's definitely, like, you can, flight simulators are definitely a thing. Well, I know that flight simulators are a thing, but I wasn't expecting there to be a Microsoft branded one. Like, I, I kind of want to know. I kind of want to try it. But I also just think it's so funny that Hardison was like, oh, I've got a perfect idea. <laughs> I love that. It's like, I should have played more flight simulators. I also love What if I do that now? It's clearly available on the computer that is in the tower, which means that they've gone ahead and installed it. <laughs> so fucking funny. So funny. We could buy Microsoft Flight Simulator for the Xbox for $99.95. Unfortunately, neither of us have an Xbox. Nice. Could we buy it for a laptop or Nintendo Switch? I think you can <laughs> buy it for a laptop. I'm looking. Here we go. Yep. PC. You can get it for 150 bucks. Jesus Christ. <laughs> How much do you want to commit to the thing? <laughs> Not that much. That costs more than our microphone. <laughs> Looks like that's the physical edition, though. So you could probably get the digital edition for cheaper. But yeah, so you can still buy Microsoft Flight Simulator. Wow. 100%. I guess their advertising works because, look, now we're talking about it and now we're broadcasting that conversation Mm -hmm. to at least 10 people. Have you played (laughs) Microsoft Flight Simulator before? Like, if you're listening at home. Oh, yeah, because I've never even heard of it. But this is a delight, a delightful discovery. But no, so... Yes, he is wildly competent this week. Mm. And I do love that his solution is just straight up, oh, well, what if I play Microsoft Flight Simulator and just basically repeat all of the lines from that? That's so fucking funny. That's so funny. What what I will say about Hardison this week is that I I love that the way that they get his attention to communicate with him is calling for Kirk Picard. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. That's fun. And I don't often you like, pick up on the... References. References mm-hmm. in like that kind of regard. Because I don't know why, but I just never got like I just never watched Star Trek. Like I never got into it. Um we, but you better not tell August. I know I'm gonna be in trouble. <laughs> Whoops. Um but you know, I I just never like I was just never associated with the mm-hmm. fandom or anything. So it's always been in my peripheral, but I did like I did like that they mm-hmm. did that. I thought it was very fun. I was like, oh that's very clever because like Hardison would notice mm-hmm. that immediately. But I anyone think it's else... also like it's a tie back and a link to um the order twenty three job. 
Mm. Where the code is Star Trek based, specifically yes. Elliot Hardison, which is why I think it's linked. Yes. I think my own personal headcanon is after the Order 23 job, that's just become shorthand for, you know. If we need to get attention. If we need to get yeah. attention without alerting a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. We make a Star Trek reference. Speaking of stuff that's come back from other episodes, that moment where they're all calling um, the weather station. Mm-hmm. Or like the weather center. The Mazdot special. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, we've seen this before. I was like, this is exactly like when they called the radio station about like the like landslide or the rockfall or whatever the fuck it was. So you're thinking of two different instances and merging them together. Oh, so we've had this. This is the third this time. This is the third time. So the first time was in the Maltese Falcon job when they're trying to convince everyone that the team is leaving, the baseball team is leaving. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then right. the second time that you were thinking of with the avalanche of the rock slide is... In the gone fishing job when they're trying to steal the train. Yeah. And uh, rocks on the tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, this is a very fun recurrence then because mm-hmm. I do think that this is quite like a clever mm-hmm. a way to go about it. And I do think it's fun. So it's sort of nice to see it come back. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so this is the third instance we've had of like, you know, making multiple calls to convince mm-hmm. people that something is happening when it's not. Yeah. And I like that Nate and Sophie are so excited about it. And then the lady from like the nurse mm-hmm. is just like, the what? I, I liked all of our secondary characters Mm -hmm. this week actually the nurse and her daughter were very sweet and lovely and Mm -hmm. also the wait stuff Mm -hmm. (laughs) the crab of mania or whatever that waiter i (laughs) hope that that money that sophie gave him only went to him oh yeah he deserves every cent like oh my god that dude was doing the most Mm -hmm. he was he was out here trying to do the most and so dedicated to his job Mm -hmm. (laughs) it's so cute um, I hope there was a couple of hundreds in that what of cash they mm-hmm. handed him because he deserves it. I tell you what, though. Wild to me that Nate knows the airport food options that well. Like, is this a regular date night spot for him and Sophie or something? Like, how would you know about the random, like, seafood restaurant within and, like, the... I mean, they do fly in and out quite often because obviously not all of their cases are based in... Because they're meant to be in Boston. Yeah. So they're based out of Boston. So it's weird, though, that Cincinnati... Like, here's the thing. If they're at, like, the airport... Like, I'm just going to check to make sure that the Cincinnati airport isn't the closest airport to Boston. Yeah, I don't know enough about geography within the United States to really have a hard take on that. Yeah, so it looks like Cincinnati is not that close to Boston. Oh, yeah, no. So if you were to drive there, it's 13-hour drive away. Oh, God. So... Here's the thing. If they were like, oh, we're at the like local airport to Boston, it's like that would make sense because they're flying in and out all the time. It would make sense that Nate spent a decent decent amount of time in the, the airport. airport. Whereas it's pretty obvious to me that the way they've framed it is like Cincinnati is their like their stopover, their layover. Like yeah. they're they're not that's not their local airport. There is no reason for them to have been in that airport multiple times. Mm. So maybe he just, like, managed to spot it or something, like, on the way there. Like, maybe he just really likes crab. Mm. It also seemed wild to me that you would have a live seafood restaurant in an airport. Like, I don't know what other airports are like internationally. Like, I've been – I mean, I understand it in some of the bigger airports where, like, somehow the airport itself is kind of a tourist destination. Like, the Singapore airport is, like, fucking insane if you ever get the chance to explore it. But, like... Just fly to Singapore for the airport. Well, I mean, (laughs) I've been there for, like, um, layovers. Mm -hmm. And it's beautiful. They have, like, a whole fucking butterfly garden. It's, yeah, right? They have a koi pond, Jamie, in the airport. It's a delight. Australian airports are just, like, they're fucking... They're just airports. Mm -hmm. Like... There's food options, but it's like Macca's. Like, there's food options, but it's like maybe a Starbucks, depending on which state you're in. You know, like, Not a- we got boost juice, you know, but we, just, we don't have fucking sit down dinner restaurants in the airport. Certainly not ones where you can choose the live crab out of the tank, you know? Like, that seems like a bit much for See, an airport. But to me, like, Crabarama, like, the way it's framed, Seems less like a fancy high dining experience. experience and more like I was kind of assuming that the fish tanks were just there for decoration. Oh. Like it's just part of the theming. They're like a chain. I just assumed that it was like, oh yeah, it's like a 
pick your seafood from the tank Carter situation. At Crabarama. Well, I don't know, Jamie. They're in a fucking airport. It's true. Everything, <laughs> everything is topsy-turvy in an airport. It's a liminal space. But personally, I think I always thought of, like, when I've watched this episode in the past, I just figured Crabarama's, like... Okay. I've always I've always just put it down to like that's a chain restaurant and the the fish tanks are part of like the decor. Okay. All right. All right. Because well, yeah, it makes no sense for it to be like a <laughs> Yeah. Okay, that does make me feel kind of better about it. What I will say though is that I love them using the specials board mm-hmm. as their like planning Because space. even at their most desperate, they're still better than John Winchester and don't need to pin stuff to the bear walls. <laughs> You're so right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, okay. I did have a genuine question for you. So it's a couple of like logistical things. With the heart, right, one of the things that we get at the very tippy top of the episode is that the nurse tells them that the heart can only be outside of the body for about four hours before mm-hmm. it starts to tip into the like non-viable zone, right? Which, fine. But does that four hours include the surgery? Because Nate is counting down mm-hmm. as if it's four hours that they have to get it but i'm like okay but then you've got to get it into the person and like is that four hours included and then later in the episode we get like oh there's like literally up to six hours it's just like worse chances i'm mm-hmm. like okay but i'm i i was interested that i was like nate's like oh yeah cool we've got this many minutes and i'm like no you don't you've got however many minutes the surgery takes <laughs> off of that total like <laughs> So I don't, I, uh, I just thought it was interesting that she's like, yeah, it can only be outside of a human body. And like the way that Nate's calculating it is that they're going to get to the fucking hospital and just shove it directly into this other kid. What do you like, mean? That's not how heart transplants work. <laughs> so I was like, okay, Nate, I think you need to check your maths there. But also, I know that this isn't a, uh, a leverage podcast thing. Usually we're on an iSupernatural pod. We have Jamie's PSA every week. Mm-hmm. It's time for our intermittent... Bethany's unsolicited advice segment. This hasn't made an appearance since like season one. Yeah. So it's, look. (laughs) Beth's unsolicited (laughs) advice actually do these more often. (laughs) So my unsolicited advice this week is that if you can be an organ donor, you should be. Mm. There is literally, unless like obviously, you know, there might be health reasons, there might be religious reasons, but if you have no qualms about being an organ donor and there is no reason why you couldn't be an organ donor, you should register to be an organ donor. Mm-hmm. Because just not ticking that box, like, it'll take you three fucking seconds. Mm-hmm. It does not take very long to, or at least here, to register to be an organ donor. And you could save a number of lives. Don't look at me. I'm an organ donor. I so figured, am I. What am I going to do with my organs when I'm dead? Yeah, like I don't have, I'm, I'm not religious, so I don't have any like particular like thoughts on like my burial or anything. I, I'm lucky enough to not have any health concerns that would prevent me from being mm-hmm. a donor. So I am an organ donor because I would rather that if I'm not using my liver anymore, someone else can, you know? When I'm dead, I have no use case for my organs. Yeah, I'm like, if someone else would like to see the world through my eyes, well, go nuts. <laughs> the options are maybe somebody else or one thing. Yeah, or worm food, you know? Mm-hmm. of life. Mm-hmm. We become the grass. Mm-hmm. Quote Mufasa. <laughs> anyway. Back onto topic. Yes. So we've, we've covered <laughs> Parker and um, Hardison and Elliot in terms of them using them, their skills specifically this week. One more note on Hardison. I do love him taking advantage of people's prejudices and weaponizing them. Yes. I've, I was like... You know, I hadn't watched this episode in a while. I was like, I don't remember, like, how the scene plays out. How the scene plays out. I remember the scene. And I remember when I first watched it, I quite liked it. And I think it actually holds up. Like, I think the fact that, like, you know, Elliot gives him the badge. And he's like, but this is a girl's badge. And Elliot's like, fucking man up. Mm. Deal with it. Mm -hmm. And then he's like, oh, no, I'm just going to be like, oh, no, I'm trans. And now you're being bigoted. And, like, the thing is, Hardison does this a lot. Yeah. Um, I... I think that the scenes like this, they always sit slightly off with me only because ultimately they're like turning it into a joke, mm-hmm. which I'm like, mm, okay. But the intent of the joke mm-hmm. is very much centered in like, well, no, like you are not like, how dare you tell me that like 
you know, how dare you have an opinion on the way that I am mm-hmm. living my life? It doesn't affect you. Like your prejudice means nothing. Like, you know, and so ultimately I'm like, I'm not sure what necessarily the intent was at the time of writing. Yeah. Um, but I think that for the most part it does, it does hold up. It's him using people's biases against them. Yeah. Which he does a lot. And this time the only difference between him doing it about this and him doing about it about other things is typically the other things, like he actually lists some this time, which is like racism, anti-Semitism and misogyny. I think he says, yeah. Yeah. Like he lists, he lists out all of these things and so the only difference is this week he's not actually impacted by them. Like yeah. the only the only difference is this week he's lying. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought that it, it's it's a recurring bit for mm-hmm. his character. And so it was interesting to see like him employ like this is just his go-to kind of thing. Yeah. Where he's like, oh I will just make them feel uncomfortable or feel bad about treating me poorly. And then that's how I'm going to get them flustered enough that they're not going to realize what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And, like, it makes sense as a tactic. But it's always kind of like, particularly when you're watching media that's a few years old, you never quite know how they're going to handle the social topics. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it ages really poorly. And sometimes it ages pretty okay. Like, it was just interesting seeing this, I guess, after not only, like, Oh, just a few episodes ago, having that kind of weird comment from Parker, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was a little bit worried when I saw what direction it was going in. I was like, oh, no, this could be not great. But actually, I think it was... It's fine. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Could have been better, but really? it also could have aged way worse. It's certainly no worse than any of the other, um, like, mm-hmm. examples we've had of this over the seasons. Like, when he and Elliot were pretending to be gay lovers. Mm-hmm. Like, when... Well, when he was pretending to be gay lovers and Elliot, Elliot was, was not impressed. Elliot was standing there. Yes. <laughs> you know, like, I don't think it's aged any worse than that. Mm-hmm. You know, which is... Is nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, I think we should move on to Sophie. Because Sophie, yes. this episode, terrifying. Mm. As always, Sophie just, you know, she has the moment where and she's in the Mazdot special, she's doing the accent, she's flipping from one character to another, you know, she has the entire scene where she cons the, you know, waiter into letting them stay in the restaurant and, like, distracts him pretty thoroughly. Like, I love the scene where she, like, pretends to, quote-unquote, sprain her ankle, which I do think one of the best bits of this episode is them being like, oh, we're going to get this pass by spreading like by spreading Sophie's ankle. And then every stage after that, Park is like, oh, so we're going to break Elliot's wrist? We're going to set Nate on fire? And I was like, oh my God, I love this energy. That <laughs> escalated so fucking quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's so, it's so fun. Um, I was really interested by Sophie this episode. She did some things that I was not expecting from her. Mm. Nate and was also not expecting some of the things she did this episode. That's genuinely what my note is like I've written down I think you should have a drink and then I also didn't know what Sophie was going to say like I'm right there with you Nate which is not a sentence that I love hearing from myself but what I'm surprised about is that you like this episode so much Mm. considering we get the flashback here's the fucking thing my rating for this episode is very high Mm -hmm. the reason that it has lost any points is for that mother fucking flashback i thought i was finally free jamie it's been so long and then it jump scared me this morning i literally i saw the the fucking hospital bed and i was like oh i was like for a second i was like maybe we're gonna see the kid that's waiting on this fucking heart and then i was like no that's sam that's nate looking through the fucking glass all sad and i was like god damn it God damn it. I was like, at least they didn't show the bit where he like runs in and he like pushes the fucking medical professionals Mm -hmm. out of the way. But I was like, I thought I was free. To be fair, I do think like I'm, I may be forgetting another instance of it, but I do think this is the last time we see the flashback. I'm sure you've said that to me before, Jamie. (laughs) I I cannot remember another case, but we get it twice this episode. I know. And I get why. But I'm also like, it, I think that that's in there more for the general audience than it is for anyone else. Yes. Because like anyone who's actually watching the show has not forgotten that this happened. No. Everyone knows why this is really touchy for Nate. And it's really touchy for Nate. Yeah. Because this is 
very similar to how his own son died. Yeah. And his son would be a similar age. As he says to Sophie, Sam would have been 13 this year. He probably would have driven me insane, but, like, he would have been alive. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so it's sort of like when there's another kid who's very similar age to what Sam would be now and also dying in a hospital bed of something that... Is technically preventable is getting the right care. Yes. And if not fucked around with... By a mega rich CEO. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out that I think Sophie checking in is a nice touch. Mm-hmm. You know, like they already are all very aware of like that this is like mm-hmm. a touchy subject for Nate. But I think the fact that Sophie's like, okay, but like, you know, are you sure that you're okay mm-hmm. or whatever? What I did not expect, and Nate did not expect, is for Sophie to be like, I think you should have a drink. Mm-hmm. And then. She says, which is a ridiculous thing to say. We don't like it when you drink. And I was like, yes, fair, valid, agree. And then she goes on to say, but we trust you when you do. Which is like, I mean, I guess. But only because the other alternative was just to not do cons with Nate. Because for such a long time, you just had to trust him while he was drinking. Because he was never not drinking. Like, that's not... That's not the ideal situation, Sophie. It's not like you were like, oh, thank God, Nate's drinking. Now we can trust his judgment more. What are you saying? I think more so what she's saying is last time something got this personal for Nate, he was drinking. And so they don't know how he's going to react if he tries to do it with the same situation when he's sober. Okay, but if that makes sense. with a clearer head. Like, come on. <laughs> Like, I don't think, to be fair, like, he has the one shot, you know, that we see. And I'm Mm. like, okay, you're not intoxicated from that. He's not the, like, he's not the snow job drunk. Yeah. But I'm also like, Sophie, babe, maybe don't encourage the coping mechanism that is decidedly unhealthy and, like, you know, has notoriously caused problems for all of you in the past. Mm. Like, what? <laughs> I mean, but then again, with Sophie, there's always the chance that she doesn't actually believe it. She's just saying it because she thinks it's going to get the best result. Oh, yeah. But I feel like I feel like that falls on the wrong side of dodgy because mm. it comes back to like Sophie should not be playing her team. Yeah. You know, like we've had this discussion. Mm-hmm. It doesn't end well. And also there's the more complex issue now of like her and Nate are involved in whatever mm-hmm. fucking capacity they want to call it, you know. But... They are. And so her trying to manipulate his actions in that way is even more on the dodgy end Mm -hmm. of the thing. So, yeah, I don't... I didn't really know how to take that line. I thought it was an interesting choice. I also think that it could have been left out of this episode and changed fundamentally nothing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not quite sure why they left it in, Mm -hmm. um, just personally. But that is... I mean, it's such a... That's such a minor, like, complaint. Like, it didn't really bother me that much outside of, like, what the fuck are you talking about? See, I I have a different opinion, but I I cannot share it. Okay. Because it does pull on future things, which I don't want you to know about. Can I ask a question? Sure. Is this the kind of thing where it's, like, left intentionally here to as, like, a lead into something else down the track? I would say yes. Okay. This, This is... Not necessarily foreshadowing, mm-hmm. but it is a they've left this into the they've they've left this in the story here for a purpose, so that when we see similar things in the future, we understand and we know. Okay, we um, recognize it's, it. It's yeah, it, it feels like a lead up piece to me. Okay, all right. Well, in that case, maybe I'll put I'll put my opinion on hold mm-hmm. until such times. Oh yeah, it's, it, I will say though, it is still buck wild for Sophie to yeah, be encouraging him to drink. I still think. That that move from Sophie is insane, mm-hmm. but if it's been intentionally written in, like, that Nate is, like, taking the shot, then I'm like, okay, all right, well, we can leave that. The fact that they had Sophie actively encourage it and basically tell him to do it, that's nuts. It's a weird choice. That's fucking <laughs> psycho. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about Nate this episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is going to be kind of, I don't know if it's going to be an unexpected take from me at this point, but... I think the only thing you could say that would shock me about Nate is, oh my god, I really liked Nate this episode. Here's the thing. Nate's little monologue is kind of like, 
all right, go off, King. Like, <laughs> I do. This is this is actually a line that, like, there are lines in this episode that I have pointed at you before oh. because I think out of context you can't understand the full context. And I think yeah, I, still, I remembered one of them. I think they still hit, even if you've heard them before, if you when you see them. Mm-hmm. In context. So I have quoted these at you before, and what's wild to me is some of the writing in this episode feels like supernatural. supernatural. <laughs> yes, it really does. Like. The last note that I have is directly from Nate's mm-hmm. when he's talking, when he's building a model ship, which is like, is that yeah. a hobby we knew he had and I just forgot? Or is that something new? I like, think that's something new. <laughs> I think I think it's something that makes perfect sense yeah. for his character, but it is the first time we've seen any occurrence of it. Like, I agree. I think it makes complete sense. Like, when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, I understand that. But it's, it's such a weird introduction to it Mm -hmm. anyway he is on the phone with the guy who you know was causing all the problems this episode Mm -hmm. yeah and at the very end he goes oh i didn't kill you god killed you i just make sure it took and then in all caps i've just written insane but like that i was like oh i can imagine so many episodes of supernatural Mm -hmm. where we could just like pepper that in there little sprinkle ninkle that in Mm -hmm. and it would make total sense yeah like what the fuck for me, that feels like now having watched some of Supernatural, that feels like a Castiel line. Mm. <laughs> you like, have no idea. Early, early season four Castiel, when he's still Ooh. like righteous and on the path. Oh, okay. See, the problem is we're coming out of Kripke and I don't really want to, I yeah. don't want to say You don't anything, want to encourage this. But if you've seen Supernatural, mm, I think you, hopefully you know what I'm thinking about because I wouldn't put it in Kripke, but I wouldn't put it too far away from Kripke if you get what I'm saying. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's like they're setting up a Nate villain arc. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Honestly, I have never liked him more. (laughs) This is such a good look for him. (laughs) I love it. I'm like, But he didn't even have a bad hat this episode. How can you like his look? Oh my God. But normally I don't like the bad hats. Like he wasn't Mm -hmm. wearing a bad hat. Mm -hmm. He actually looked like good in his suit. Actually, the whole crew always looks great, Mm -hmm. but like that suit looks good. And I'm like, oh no. Because at the end of last episode, I'm pretty sure it was last episode, we had him, like, confronting the guy who's been, like, bugging mm-hmm. them or whatever. And they had that, like, you know, chat. And I was like, dang, I am, like... And again, we get the line, when you descend from the heavens with your flaming sword and blood yeah. wings. Yeah! Nate is serving these last two episodes. Just the final, like, three minutes of each episode. I'm like, wow, he is really going off. And I love to see it. I have never liked this character more. <laughs> He has gone from being my beloved little piece of shit that I hated in season one to being like, yes, go off, king. Let me hear it. Because what is happening? What is happening? As I said, Nate doesn't get better as a person, but he gets more interesting as a character. I love this for Mm -hmm. him. I love this for him. Like, he is... I think the difference is that before... He was really, like, kind of cocky and arrogant and annoying and, like... You can see why. Well, not even that. Like, partially that, yes. But also, he was such an annoying prick. Like, he was drinking all the time. He was putting everyone at risk. He was barely communicating with the rest of the team. He was putting them in shitty situations and not really caring what their opinions were. Like, there was all this crap. But this episode... This episode, he is, like, it's so cohesive. The communication is good. Like, yes, obviously, he is personally invested in this. And we see that through the fucking annoying flashbacks and bits and pieces. But, you know, in the conversation he has with Sophie, which I actually think is quite touching. Mm -hmm. But, like, he doesn't let it make him lose focus. And that is one of the things. He's self-aware. Yeah, I think it's the self-awareness. And, like, now when he's – I think if he had made this kind of speech in season one, I would have been, like – this is just the fucking Disney villain monologue. Like, I wouldn't have taken it seriously. No. But now I'm like, oh, he's scary and he's confident. But I also think that maybe he's a little too confident. Like, he is straight up giving people his real name. Mm-hmm. And he says to Sophie, like, because I was like, why the fuck did he do that? And then Sophie <laughs> was like, why the fuck did he do that? And I was like, Sophie, you and I have been on different wavelengths this episode, but I'm glad to see we're back on track because, yeah, what the hell, mm-hmm. right? And then he just doesn't seem to give a shit. Like, I think he thinks he's untouchable. And I think that's dangerous. Like, Nader's obviously not drunk at 
the moment, mm-hmm. but I think he is he's not drunk on a substance, he's drunk on power. Mm-hmm. And that is just as dangerous, just in a very different way. And I personally am really enjoying seeing him go down this track mm-hmm. because I think that it is really satisfying to see his character in this position. Mm-hmm. And the changes also, like, this is something that's been building up to all season. It's not this. It's not just that the switch has been flicked. Like, no. this has been in the works since 401. Mm-hmm. This has been in the works since the speech on the mountain to Karen about how, you know, anger feels really good. It gets you up. It gets you going. Yeah. But eventually the anger runs out. Yeah. And now it's like... It's like that whole thing where it's like it's scarier when someone's like if someone's really angry but they're not yelling. Mm-hmm. Like when it when they go quiet, mm-hmm. that's scarier. This is like Nate's gone quiet now, mm-hmm. and that's scarier. But I fucking love it. I love it, Jamie. Oh, I am so excited for you to see the next <laughs> couple of episodes. That oh god, I am thrilled at this development and I'm I really hope that I'm not disappointed by wherever they're taking it because I have loved the last five minutes of this episode and last five minutes of last episode have mm-hmm. been peak Nate I'm like finally they've worked out what to fucking, fucking Nate <laughs> <laughs> it's taken them four years but they finally cracked that code and I I loved it oh I do need to quickly point out as well because this is something that's consistent in it for me mm-hmm. is that god I love a time crunch episode yeah. It's such an effective way of adding tension you really without like, doing literally anything. You really like the bottle job as well. Yeah, yeah. I I love I love me a time crunch. Mm-hmm. You know, I love the ticking the ticking timer going down. I think it's very fun. And it's like leverage in particular, I think, really effectively weaves it in mm-hmm. to their episodes. I think that they do it quite well. And so I just I love it. Also, the cold open for this episode. One million times better than anything we usually get. I think it's probably because the core cast was the cold open and also their bickering is fantastic. (laughs) You literally read my mind. I was like, we need to talk about the cold Mm -hmm. open next. Mm -hmm. I love the fact that, you know, Hardison's going, it was a train wreck. No, it was a shipwreck. You know how I know (laughs) I was on the ship. He's like... Um, what did he say? He's like, I fought three, like, something rather divers with harpoon guns underwater. Mm. And I was like, and we didn't get to see it? And Sophie's <laughs> like, ow, oh, don't touch me. I'm sunburned everywhere. I hate playing the topless airless on the naked beach. Like, yeah. And I'm like, and we didn't get to see it? <laughs> and Parker's like, I didn't even get to see the emeralds. And they're like, Parker, <laughs> there are no emeralds. Oh, God. Although, one thing I will say is that Sophie didn't even look a tiny bit sunburned. No. Like, they kept playing it up all episode, and I was like, honey, sweetie baby, I have been sunburned. You haven't got shit. And then Nate spots the handoff, and he realises, and Parker has one of my favourite lines of the episode, which is, can't we just get another heart? (laughs) Elliot, from who? (laughs) So funny. (laughs) Oh, actually, that um, brings me back to another logistic question that I forgot mm-hmm. to ask before when we were talking about the, the heart transplant and the timeline. Um, at one point, the nurse mentions, like, when they're trying to figure out, like, who could possibly mm-hmm. be trying to steal it. And she says that you they need to be looking for someone who's, like, a similar weight and, like, size. Yeah. Because, like, you, there's no point putting yeah. the wrong size heart in a different size body. Yeah. There is no motherfucking way that that man and that child are close enough like there is no way i mean to be fair he could be a short adult i mean maybe and because he's been sick for a while he's probably not he doesn't he's like lying down yeah he probably doesn't weigh a lot yeah and then the kids probably just had his growth spurt because he's 15 15. so it's like there is the possibility and it probably doesn't need to be an exact match but as long as they're within like 10 to 15 centimeters of each other and Mm. within like 10 to 15 kilos of each other there's a bit of leeway but it's just like you know, they can't put this heart in, like, a six-foot-four, yeah, like, yeah. okay. But, no, I was like, all right. Like, but I think the thing that got me was that they had just pointed this out, and then we see the two people that the heart could potentially go to, and I'm like, I feel like, guys, <laughs> I feel like maybe. <laughs> that completely contradicts everything you just said. <laughs> I also do love, we get the scene where they've, 
you know, bound and gagged the robber under the table, which how the waiter doesn't see him, I've never understood. Look, when you work in food service for long enough, Mm -hmm. sometimes you just stop seeing things. Yeah. (laughs) And Elliot asks Sophie, oh, you don't have handcuffs. And she says, not on this trip. Oh, God. Which is such a fun callback because, Mm -hmm. like, obviously in, I think, season one they had that. But I also love Sophie being like, I always travel with heels. Yeah. Like, obviously. Clearly. <laughs> it's giving me Gina Linetti, of course, I have a hairdryer in my handbag. I'm, I'm not, not an, an animal. animal vibes. Yes. Oh, a couple of other, like, just little bits that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed yeah. this episode. That we get the tidbit about Elliot fighting with a Nerf sword. Yeah. So fun. So, so cute. I love that. I also love <laughs> the little bit of, like, Hardison being like, there's a slim chance that the tower could interfere with the walkie-talkies. And How slim? S- Immediately cuts yeah, to... Yeah, it's just not working. Um, and also Parker removing the limiter off mm-hmm. of the cart so that they can mm-hmm. drive faster. Iconic. I also do love there's a Parker moment this episode that I just adore. Mm-hmm. When they steal the suitcase from the guy with the heart yeah. and she just goes, yuck! And no, she, no, she legs it. <laughs> She's just gone. It's so funny because like so often we see Parker or any other team really lifting things. And the idea is to be as subtle as possible yeah. for obvious reasons. And we see it a lot this episode. Mm-hmm. But in that particular instance, she's just like, okay, we are subtle, we're subtle, we're subtle, with the equivalent of stepping him with a fork, and we're off. <laughs> like, it's so funny. She, she's really just like, yoink, and she <laughs> runs. And I love that for her. Mm-hmm. Yes. She no. seems to be having so much fucking fun. Yeah, it's excellent. Mm-hmm. It's excellent. Okay, well, I don't think I actually have too much else to add about this episode. I really I really like this episode. I think it's a really fun sort of, like, change of pace. Like, yeah. I really enjoy the sort of idea of, like, the time crunch and the mm-hmm. improvise. Like, they're improvising this whole thing. There's no yeah. plan going in. They're yeah. going on the fly. One of the things I adored about this episode was that they forced the team into having, like, they handicapped them, essentially, mm-hmm. by removing them from all of their usual... Um, As... They say, like, we're naked, and then Nate says, well, you're thieves. When you're naked, you steal clothes. Yeah, yeah. And so it was, I think, a really interesting way for them to showcase that, like, we know how good the team is while they have access to all of their resources. Mm -hmm. I think this is a really entertaining and clever way to show, like, just in case you forgot how good they are, here is them with literally nothing on a time limit for something they didn't even know they were going to do. Like, they had no time to prepare. They had... The whole 30 seconds where Nate was, like, slow-mo surveying the Mm. airport terminal. Like, that was it. That was the preparation time. It was a very BBC Sherlock It was a little bit, yeah. (laughs) But I still like it. It's cheesy, but it feels like it fits. It feels like leverage. Mm -hmm. That's the thing. Like, I think I said to you last week or the week before, like, I watch leverage for a very different reason to that I I watch Supernatural, you know? And I'm therefore, I'm going to appreciate different things. Like, if they'd done a shot like this in Supernatural, I would have been like, fucking all right. Because that's Supernatural trying to feel like something it's not. Exactly. But this feels like leverage, mm-hmm. you know. It's, it's its own genre at this point. Mm-hmm. So I uh, I love to see it. Lovely. Well, if you don't have anything else to add for the day. No, I think I'm good. You think you're good? Lovely. Yeah. So how would you rate the Cross My Heart job out of five? I gave it a 4.5. 4.5. Yeah, the I point, love to I, hear it. I docked the 0.5 for the fucking flashback. <laughs> like... <laughs> And Sophie being like, we trust you when you're drinking. (laughs) Like, honestly, like, that's it. But other than that, this episode was so fun. Mm -hmm. It was just genuinely really engaging. Mm -hmm. You know, I I loved it. Yeah. I think it's one of my favorite episodes we've had this season. Oof, I love that. Yeah. Okay, perfect. The next episode is called The Queen's Gambit Job. What do you think it's about? Oh, is it about chess? I'm not allowed to say anything. Okay, I'm basing that entirely on the fact that The Queen's Gambit is, mm-hmm. like, a, a book, I think, but it's also a Netflix show that I watched a while ago. Yeah. Um, and it's all about chess tournaments. And I think that chess would be an interesting... We've used chess as an analogy yeah. for... and that's what I was about to say. Before. Like, if this is, in fact, about chess, mm-hmm. we've used chess as an analogy before. Do you have any ideas of where they may be going with that? <laughs> okay. This is... If you haven't heard about what I'm about to say, then I'm so sorry that this is how you found out. But a little while back, like within the last 12 months, maybe even within the last six months, there was this shake-up in the world of chess. 
And Jamie, I don't even know if you know what I'm about I to say. I don't know what you're about to say. There's no triggering. I'm so sure it was chess. It was chess. If it's not my bad. But there was this situation where this guy was entering all these chess tournaments and he kept winning and he was blowing everyone out of the water. And everyone was like, how the fuck is he doing it? Like, he was unknown and now suddenly he's, like, beating these masters that have been around for decades. And it turned out that he had, <laughs> he had like, some kind of sex toy in his butt and someone in the crowd was watching the matches and communicating by using the vibrate function. And that's how he was winning. So that's how you think it's going to be about chess. I mean, I don't know how else you would like, like, I'm, I'm here's the thing, right? It is either, I'm so sorry. It is either about chess in the sense that it's actually about like a chess tournament mm-hmm. and like someone is cheating or like they're, it's a cover for something else, mm-hmm. right? Or it's an analogy mm-hmm. and it could be in relation to Nate playing a game of chess with like the people that we've seen him taunting in the last couple mm-hmm. of episodes, you know? So I think... Or even like with someone else that we haven't come across yet. But I think it's it's either one of those two things. It's mm-hmm. either a very literal title or it's like an abstract title. Yeah. I don't think there's really a middle ground mm-hmm. between those things unless it's somehow both. Okay. You know? But um That's your guess. Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, I'll, I'll I, accept to that. be to be very clear, I don't think it is gonna be about vibrating anything. But that is where <laughs> my head goes when I think of chess fraud. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Okay, lovely. Well, thank you so much for listening to us today. We're so sorry about the chest butt vibe. Um, please accept that apology on behalf of both myself and Bethany. And if you want to interact with us at all after that, which, God, why would you? I'd respect you if you didn't. You can find us at various social media platforms. All of the links will be in our link tree down below. You can feel free to talk to us about literally anything. But suggested topics of conversation include... What's your favorite uh, subtle, not subtle plug that Leverage drops in their episodes? Is it the Microsoft ads? The car ads? Is there another ad that I've missed or we haven't come across yet? Let me know because I think it's hilarious. Or is it a vibrating butt plug so you can cheat at chess? Look, Jamie, (laughs) who knows? (laughs) Anyway, thank you so much for listening today. Please have a lovely morning, evening, afternoon, night, lunch, brunch, 4 a.m., midnight, any time of the day and or night. Bye. Bye. Had you never heard about that? No.